Hail to the victor's belt. Oh, was I too soon? Sorry. Go ahead and lead in. <laughs> drive, drive on down the field. <laughs> no, we're going to start this over. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. As you can see, it's a special week for Drew and I. It's hate week. This is more than rivalry. Simply calling it rivalry is to do it injustice. Rivalry ain't nasty enough. And I will fight. It's the week of the Michigan-Ohio State game. If you followed us, if you watch our show for a little bit, when we got sit down. My God, that's making my eyes bleed. <laughs> stop it. No, no, stop. Stop. You know it's, gonna, you know it's coming Saturday. Yeah, you're going to get your ass whipped again is what's coming. No, Saturday. you know what? We're not going to curl up in a ball of shame like Michigan State did. It ain't going to be no 56-7, to 7, bro. No, Day's going to hang 70 on you. We hate Michigan, all right? The players hate each other. The coaches hate each other. And the fans hate each other. We'll see, Ted. Episode 43, we got the big Vikings week, and we got Ohio State and Michigan. We got a full show. We got to hit it hard. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> I'm doing great. We had a great time on the on the live show yesterday after that big win. Very fired up over that win, Ted. I think the Vikings, they're pulling us back in. They're pulling they us back in. They are. They have. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Who are we kidding? After a two and four season last year for my Wolverines, I'm extremely happy at 10 and one. You got to understand that's a big comeback for me. It is, yeah. Way to not suck for once. Good job. Good effort. Come on, man. Who's won the most college football games in history? <laughs> oh, 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 wow, yeah. So let's go back to the time when your games were being reported through Western Union. Okay, cool. Good job. Good effort. Well hey, done. 1906 matters, Ted. Ruby, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I have a joke ready if you guys want to hear it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Jimmy Garoppolo. What? I'm just kidding. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. That's kind of funny. Did you hear about the joke that Jimmy Garoppolo told his receivers? No. No. Neither did they. It went over their heads. <laughs> Why can't Jimmy Garoppolo use his phone? Why? Because he can't find the receiver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. Those were pretty funny. Oh, those were pretty oh. funny. All right, so if you notice, we've got a little bit of a different beginning tonight. We usually do a TV show. Um, if you followed us in the offseason, we do these weekly jersey tributes. We're going to go that route tonight. We're going to do it for a... Uh, a former Vikings great who's dealing with some health difficulties at the moment, and we want to wish him well. But before we get there, Drew, what time is it? For Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes, this is for you guys. Ted, my Wolverines are cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little quarterback problems and light this candle? He's right, but we don't have no quarterback problem. You do. Let's light this candle. <laughs> yes, resume the rivalry. <laughs> I just love that. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right. No TV show this week. We're dedicating our opening segment to uh, a guy. He played a little bit before our time, but is one of the 50 greatest Vikings of them all. He's dealing with some health challenges at the moment, so we wish him the absolute very best. And just want to let him know that that he is not forgotten by by Vikings fans worldwide. So that is the the original great receiver the Minnesota Vikings had, the first of in a line of very many, and that's number eighty four in your program, but number one in your heart, Gene Washington from Michigan State, Drewster. The great Gene Washington. He was man. He was great. I started watching the Vikings in nineteen seventy. I was five years old. That's really where I started watching football. So. I don't have a lot of memories that stick out in my head of Gene Washington playing, even though he played here till 72. But you research the guy, you talk to people. What an athlete, even back in his college days at Michigan State. Great athlete. What a great player he was for the Vikings. He was a trendsetter. Then came Gilliam. Then came Rashad and White and all the way up to Randy Moss. And yeah. Gene Washington was the first guy. He was. The first go-to receiver. Tremendous, tremendous player. 
You imagine what his numbers would have been had he had a, a good quarterback because he had that one really good year with Joe Cap, and then the the rest of his time in Minnesota, he had I think he had Tarkenton. I don't even think he had Fran Tarkenton that one year. Kind of like Moss again before Moss. Moss never really had a great quarterback until he got to New England and played with Tom Brady. I mean, just imagine what his numbers would have been for for Gene Washington back in the day. Dude, his rookie year, 1967, he was part of that three first round deal. We got three first round picks that year. Matter of fact, he's from he went to Michigan State. They had four players selected in the first eight picks. The first top two guys overall were, were from Michigan State. Bubba Smith and then and and Clint Jones, who was drafted by the Vikings. And then the great George Webster, a linebacker. Yep. He went to, yep. I think, the Houston Oilers, got him at number five, and then and then uh, Gene came at number eight. Yep. But yeah, his first season in 67, Ted, he had a 30 yard per catch average. That's insane. Yards. That's insane. For 1967, man, they, they passed the ball like five times a game. <laughs> I think if I'm not mistaken, he was number one in the Big Ten and college football for per receptions and I think 64, 65, and 66. Wow. So he was a big catch guy, even at college. That's what he was known for. But a 30-yard average, that's equivalent to like a 72-yard average today. Probably, yeah. It, it really is. I mean, he was unstoppable when they threw the ball to him. He played 30 games at Michigan State. He had 16 touchdowns. So coming out of college, you knew he was a touchdown machine. That guy sniffed the end zone, baby. Yeah. Playing for the great Duffy Darty. <laughs> There's a blast from the past, isn't it? You can't not have a show without mentioning the great coach Duffy Darty. And I, I hope for those of you that did get to see him play, you'll you'll give us some comments down below on on just what your memories of Gene are because he was just a tremendous receiver. My dad had seen him play and, and Bill Brown was his, was his favorite all-time Viking. So, you know, every every story my dad talks about that area has Bill Brown involved, but he he always spoke very fondly of Gene Washington too. He he thought, you know, they didn't throw to him enough, but you don't throw to him enough, Dad. That is Bill Brown going to get his carries? Well, no, no, he's not. But you know, he, he should have thrown to him more. <laughs> it was it was all running the football back then. Yeah, just like you know, our just like our college teams, Michigan, yeah. Ohio State, they ran the ball all the time. How about this stat on Gene Washington, Ted? He played six seasons here, sixty-seven to seventy-two, and he played. He finished his career in Denver. He had that one season with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. In seven NFL seasons, Gene Washington missed three games. Wow. How many times do we go back to this? How durable guys from that era were? How come they were all more durable? The, the only guy in the, in this modern era that's like that is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but uh, he's durable for a lot of rules reasons, too. True. You can't tackle yeah, that's him. true. You can't, you can't hit him. I don't know what it was. Maybe just a different era, a different attitude towards playing. But he was another Iron Man. All of those guys were. And, you know, I remember Joe Cap saying it was a quarterback's dream to have Gene Washington as a player next to him. Not only a tremendous athlete, Gene Washington, but that proves he was an Ironman. Three games in seven seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we talk about, you know, that that Michigan State draft class in 1960. Uh, oh, my God. With Bubba Smith, Clint Jones, and, and Gene Washington. Uh, you know, there's a there's a great, great documentary. It's out on the Big Ten Network. I'm, I'm sure you could probably stream it somewhere. It's called On the Banks of the Red Cedar. And it's about Gene Washington and those African-American players that came from the South because it was still a segregated South and those guys could not get an opportunity to play college football unless they came North. So they came to Michigan state and helped integrate college football across the board and prove, which it's just, it's mind boggling to even think that this was the mentality that, that African-American players could actually play college football at a high level. I mean, I, the fact that that was even something back then, but anyways, Gene's daughter, Maya Washington produced that and directed it. I, I think she directed, I know she produced it. It is a tremendous television show. So if you get a chance to see it, by all means, it's it's very well worth your time. It's a great show. His final numbers here for Minnesota, Ted, six seasons, 81 games, 172 catches, 3,087 yards, and 23 touchdowns. Man. College Football Hall of Famer. I think he's Michigan State Hall of Fame. I think he's Hall of Fame everything, man. That guy is the trendsetter to all these wideouts you see today. Guys like Gene Washington helped lay the groundwork for for guys that would come later, like Randy Moss and Justin Jefferson and the guys you're seeing play today. Man, just a tremendous, tremendous player. Mr. Washington, I hope your health improves and you get better, but we're thinking of you and, and hope everything is going well or as well as it can be.
So that is our Jersey segment. We'll be back next week with the TV show, but we wanted to get that out for Gene Washington. You know, the week is just a little bit better following a Vikings victory over Green Bay. Isn't it true? The air is a little bit crisper. It is. Yeah, crisper. Beer tastes a little bit better. Food tastes a little bit better. This, although it says Coors Light, it's actually a can of Packer fans' tears. Oh, the tears of unfathomable sadness. Mm, Yummy. And it's just (laughs) quite delicious, if I may say so. Is it a little on the salty side? A little bit salty, yeah, a little bit salty. They're salty today. They're talking about how the officials give the Vikings the game. Take your freaking medicine, Green Bay. The officials have been helping you guys out for years. Yeah, they have. You had some holding calls, put you in some first and 20 situations, but that pick that got called back, that was a personal foul. You can cry all you want. It's your mistake. Cry in Ted's beer. Go cry somewhere else because we're not listening to it. We won. (laughs) I don't know where my hand rounders do Darnell Savage interception that wasn't, he dropped it. It was not an interception. I don't care what you say. It was not an interception. Simple. Catch it. Don't complain about the officials. Here's the thing I'm, I think I'm, I'm learning about Green Bay Packers fans. They have had since 1992 Hall of Fame quarterback play that automatically makes them on the short list for Super Bowl contenders every year. Because if you have a quarterback like Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, you can never be counted out. And Aaron Rodgers proved that again against the Vikings on Sunday. That guy was unreal, dude. But one thing about this generation of Packers fans is they were born on third base and they think they hit a triple. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, man, you, you've had it. You have no idea how easy you had it. Here, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to put this graphic up right now. It's a seating chart of Miller Park where the Milwaukee Brewers play in Milwaukee, and it's set up for football. <laughs> now, you guys might want to memorize this or save it to your phone. Because I'm telling you this right now. After Aaron Rodgers retires, your team's going to suck. They're going to suck bad. It's going to be 1970s and 1980s suck. And you know what? You're going to have to move half your home games to Milwaukee to make ends meet because nobody's going to want to go to your cow town and sit in your glorified high school stadium to watch a crappy football team. So they're going to have to play four of their games a year in Milwaukee. So pick your seats out now and enjoy it. Enjoy it, you miserable Selfish, entitled punks. Oh, my God. 400-plus pounds up on his shoulders. Oh. Brock Lesnar with Mark Henry oh. in the air. He's going for the F5. Oh. To the table. And a five through the table. Oh, the- Bam. <laughs> is there a rocket that can go off right there? Pat is ranting. And let me tell you, you're going back to the Lynn Dickey days. You guys are yeah. going to get pounded without Aaron. You better hope Aaron Rodgers changes his mind because you're going to suck without him. Ted's fired up tonight because it's hate week. Yeah, it's hate week, man. You're coming to Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest heart on Fifth Avenue, I'm told. <laughs> Biggest heart on Fifth Avenue, I'm told. Yeah, we got a big show tonight. We got Vikings news. We got our questions of the week. We got a hashtag, nobody cares about your fantasy segment. And then we've got our, our preview. And then we've got trivia. And we got Jumo. We got the right Reverend Jones. Kool-Aid Cup coming up. We got a we got a big show, man. We got a show that's bigger than the Ohio State victory margin will be this coming Saturday. Oh Jesus. <laughs> We're going Tim Bianca Batuka on you Saturday. Oh no, you're not. No, you're not. You do for a clunker. Guy has one good game, and it happens to be that one. Golly. You guys, are due, you guys are due for a clunker. I'll tell you what, who didn't have a clunker? The Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. Pulled out a 34-31 victory. And when the dust settled, the Minnesota Vikings now have the second-ranked passing offense in the NFL, and the seventh overall offense, which is pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Not too shabby. Now, that is in spite of the Minnesota Vikings offensive line having the worst pass block grade in the NFL pro football focus the defense is now ranked after yesterday's defensive debacle or actually second half collapse whatever it is you want to call it 28th overall 
do people think of that when they start ripping on cousins? They don't they don't ever give you that part of it. No, they never do. And in, in his press conference, Mike Zimmer has said, hey, look, I want Kirk to be more aggressive, which is like a complete 180 from what Mike Zimmer said from the time he became coach, which is we're going to run the ball, play defense, and win. Now all of a sudden, hey, Kirk needs to actually be more aggressive. I don't think he's being aggressive enough. Zimmer saying that's like Mr. Rogers telling Marilyn Manson to be more aggressive on stage. <laughs> Come on. He's, not, he's the most least aggressive guy out there. Yeah, most conservative coach, I, I think, in the NFL, arguably. Except for these last two games. hes I don't know if he's had this epiphany, but these last two games, the Chargers game and then the Packers game, the Vikings have gotten a lot more aggressive, throwing down field a lot more, not playing the not-to-lose game. Why do you think that is? Why, why this sudden change of heart for Mike Zimmer, Drew? I saw it at the end of that Chargers game. We went over it yesterday, how they had the third and 20 from their own 46. Mm-hmm. Zimmer of old was going to run it in the middle, get no yardage, punt, and then lose. The end of that Chargers game, when he threw that in, in-cut route to Thielen, got 18 yards, and then went for it on fourth and two. Keeper. Hit. Right at the marker. The spot will decide it. Went mm-hmm. for it. Rather than kicking the field goal, that's not Zimmer. That's different. It is. And it carried over to yesterday. He had a lot of aggressive calls. A couple of those calls could have got him in trouble. But that's what comes with being aggressive. You're going to get in trouble a little bit. He's got to keep doing it, though. you got to stay aggressive. My question is on the defensive side of the ball. Ted, Mike Zimmer, and the coaches were calling a perfect game against Aaron Rodgers the first quarter and a half. And when it got to be 16-3, to they changed it. Did the Vikings change it, or did the Packers adjust and the Vikings not counter? I think there's a little of both that went on. I think Rodgers was trying to go for the home run ball a lot early. Mm-hmm. And I think cram it up your cram hole, Lafleur pulled him aside halfway through the second quarter and said, I know you want to get the home run. Let's just take what we can have, what we can get. And Rodgers agreed to it and started hitting all the short stuff in the zones. So I think they did, they did change a little bit. They adjusted. But Zimmer, to me, took his foot off the gas defensively. And all of a sudden, he did, it just changed. It was a complete 180 from basically the first half to the last minute and a half of this first half and the, the entire second half. They just got pasted the entire afternoon because the defense is terrible. The Minnesota Vikings have the 28th-ranked defense. And I don't think Mike Zimmer's philosophy of running the ball and playing defense, it took him however many games into the season this year to finally figure it out. But that's that's not going to cut it with the defense that the Minnesota Vikings currently have, I don't think. I think they need to stay aggressive on both sides of the ball to have any kind of a shot. When you're 5-5, five and five, what the hell do you have to lose? Yeah, I think they do too. Whatever it was that happened on defense was mystifying. I, I can't figure that out. They weren't getting pressure in the second half like they were in the first half. The Vikings had absolutely zero pressure on him in the second half. It was, it was weird, man. It was really weird. Pretty much carved us up yesterday, except we won the game. Found a way to get it done. One of the things that came out of that victory against the Packers is Kirk Cousins, man. He, he is now arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. With the worst pass-blocking line. His performance yesterday, I mean, he matched Rodgers throw for throw. There's always been a weird thing about Cousins. A lot of people don't like him. He doesn't like you. I'm sorry. I don't like you either. I don't. Is it is it a money thing? If Kirk Cousins wasn't making a lot of money, would people like, would he get more love from Viking fans? Because there's that there's that halfway point of people saying not a leader and they're kind of waiting for him to make mistakes. But is it the money? I think it's it's not just the money, but it's the lack of results. When you combine those two things together, you're like, man, why are we paying this guy that much money to miss the playoffs two out of three years? There are a lot of reasons the Vikings did not make the playoffs in 2018 and, and 2020. Kirk was not the reason. I mean, he he was part of the problem in 2018 and 2020, but he also had some very good games. And he had his signature moment in the Vikings in the playoffs against New Orleans. When you bring a guy in, and remember, when did they bring him in? They brought him in after the 2017 season, after the Vikings had gone to the NFC Championship. And they said, he is the missing link. He is the guy. He is the one thing we need to get over the hump. And they went 8-7-1 and one and missed the playoffs and then won a playoff game and then lost and San Francisco got blasted out of off the football field and then missed the playoffs last year. So I, I think it's a combination of the salary that he's making plus the guaranteed money, which makes it hard to do anything if if you feel like he's not your guy and you want to move him. You just you're kind of 
you're kind of stuck with them. So which is the Kirk Cousins we have now? Is it the the last two games, Kirk Cousins? Or are you in the back of your mind going, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop? Waiting for that shoe to drop. Just like Saturday when that shoe drops on the Buckeyes. They're not going to be ready for it. But... Stop. God, it's going to be over by halftime. You're wrong there, C.J. Stroud. But that's a different <laughs> argument for a different day. No, I, I, I do have more trust in Cousins because there's one thing he's changed his game a lot with, and that's the turnovers. Yes. That guy used to turn it over, pick six, like every week. He averaged, I think, when he came to Minnesota, between fumbles and interceptions, I think he averaged one turnover a game for his career. And he kind of kept that up his first year in Minnesota. But the last, even last year and this year, he's only got, what, two interceptions this year? I don't think he's lost a fumble. He, he has completely cleaned up that part of his game. And it's made him a much different quarterback in the eyes of a lot of people. You take the two terrible passes he threw. The interception got called back. If there's not a late hit, that's a terrible turnover. It deep was. In, deep in the red zone. And if Savage hangs onto that ball, Kirk Cousins is under the bus today. That's how close football is to loving somebody. Yeah. That guy sucks. Because right now, today, that guy sucks would be heard all over the world. If, if those two plays would have followed through, both those turn of events turned out to be in our favor. So that's how fans, oh, they're all right about it now. But if those were picks, dude, Cousins would be getting run out of town right now. It, it would have been, there's the Kirk we all knew and loved. Isn't fans short for fanatic? It is, yes. You're only hurting yourself by throwing stuff on the field. Do not throw a pass at the goal line when you have Marshawn Lynch. This leads directly into the Drew Bunting question of the week. Will the Minnesota Vikings extend Kirk Cousins? Not should they, but will they? You know, he's going to make $45 million guaranteed next year. Do you extend Kirk or, or not? I don't think you do. It's got to be coming to the end here. At one point, you got to see what life is after. I mean, you've played it out 2018 to now. There's no more re-signs for Kirk Cousins here. The next year would probably be it. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Yeah, I mean, unless the Vikings won a Super Bowl. A lot of teams have quarterback problems. Yes. Lord knows we could have somebody way worse. Some people need to lay off Kirk Cousins because he bailed your ass out, that defense out a lot this year. They said, leave me alone! I talked to somebody after that game and they said, how about that job by Kirk Cousins? You know what they said? Oh, he's not a leader. He's not vaccinated. What did you just say to me? 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 Now, if that's your take after the Green Bay game, <laughs> that he's not a leader and he's not vaccinated, you flat out just don't like the guy. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You know that, that GIF where the guy's going? <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much does it for our Vikings talk. We'll talk more about the Vikings when we get to our preview segment. We're going to introduce a new segment. We're, we're going to call it our, our Prep Athlete of the Week. A couple weeks ago, a high school kid looking to get his name out there for potential D1 scholarships or, or what have you, sent his film to Tunes's on our, I was it our Twitter account? And Drew said, hey, I'd, I'd kind of like to take a look at this kid's film and evaluate it and let everybody know. So, Drew, why don't you go ahead and, and take it away? Who are we talking about this week? Tonight, Ted, on our new segment, Prep Athlete of the Week, we are talking about big John Martin, who plays guard and defensive tackle. I think mainly at the next position at the next level, probably going to be guard. 6'1", 290-pound junior in high school, still has one year remaining. Plays for Spectrum High School in Elk River, Minnesota. This guy, I like ranch dressing on everything, and I eat a lot of pizza. Now, right off the bat, that's good for D1. He's going to get a lot of notices. Just, you know, the eating skills alone puts him in Michigan. Ted, the first few things that jump out when you see this guy's tape, let's roll the tape. The first few things that jump out in this guy's tape, big John Martin, is, of course, his size, but also his great movement and his finishing power. You can tell a lot, of, a lot about players, their attitudes, how they finish plays, Ted. You know that as well as I do. Yeah. They block till they have to not block anymore. 
This guy blocks until the running back's 50 yards down the field, then he pancakes people. That you like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. He reminds me of Quinn Miners. He does. Already. Really? Yeah. The, our our boy from Wisconsin Whitewater who is does, does he play people. does he play with the cutoff and show the belly? We're gonna have to ask John Martin, send us a note. See if he play with the cutoff showing the belly. I mean, because honestly, he's got the diet of an offensive lineman with, with the ranch dressing. Dude. <laughs> I mean, that's a lineman staple, isn't it? John, what do you put ranch dressing on? Everything, Drew. <laughs> I mean, look at the size of this guy. He's this a big guy, kid. And he can move really well. Very good movement. Really enjoyed watching his tape. Big shout out to whoever's coaching John Martin. I want to say that right now because this guy's fundamentals for a junior in high school are off the charts. So whoever your coach is, that guy's damn good. So I want to give him a shout out as well. This is a new segment we wanted to start. He's hoping for, he's hearing a little bit from, from D2, D3, and NAIA interest right now, but he wants to play D1 naturally. 77 pancakes his junior year. Some he called D cleaners. He is attending the All-American Bowl in Miami, December 17th through the 20th. Woo. Okay. Full segment we wanted to start out to kind of give a shout out to the younger guys coming up to tell, help them maybe get their tape out there. John Martin is our first prep athlete. Go get him, John. Keep eating pizza. Go to Michigan. Good luck, John. I, I will hate you if you go to Michigan. That's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> but if you go to Ohio State, you're going to go to the NFL. If you go to Michigan, you're going to go to the USFL. Good luck for your senior year coming up, and enjoy the rest of your time in high school, my man. Drew, it is now time for what? I don't even know. I got a thousand notes. Is this, you don't care about your fantasy team? Is that what yeah. we're now? It's, it's hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy segment. You won again! I did. You slothy Buckeye. So, just like what's going to happen this coming Saturday. Wrong, sir. Won. Wrong, sir. <laughs> Wrong, sir. Wrong, sir. Vikings uncensored beat us, nosed us out by about 10, 15 points. So they go up six to five on the season, but it ain't over till it's over. Just like Saturday. They can suck it. Through 11 weeks, I have five wins. Drew has three. Ruby also has three. So how this works. So we pick a fantasy football team every week. We got one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Once we have selected a player, we cannot pick them for the rest of the year, and we use a standard PPR scoring format. Whoever gets the most points obviously wins for that week. Whoever has the most wins at the end of the year, just it's bragging rights for us. But where you guys come in, you look at our fantasy teams, and you think to yourself, well, Ted's probably going to win again, so I'll just pick Ted's team. And if I'm going to bet this weekend, I'm going to bet on Ohio State because, you know, Ted's going to win, win that game too. So what you do, you look at our fantasy teams, decide who you think is going to win, and in the comments below – here on our YouTube channel, tell us Team Ted, Team Toonses, or Team Drew. If you're right and that team does win, you get a point. If you have the most points at the end of the year, you get a pretty cool prize. We're showing you last week's winners now, and with that, we also have our overall season leaders. This past week's winners got nine winners, and then our overall season standings. If you're a winner at the end of the year, the one prize we've revealed is a pretty cool plaque. It's got a set of eight Minnesota Vikings trading cards. Great for your collection if, if you are a card collector, but the way they're framed up, it makes a great piece of memorabilia to put down in your in your Vikings room or, or wherever it is if you have souvenirs or whatever hanging on the wall. It's pretty cool. But what's the second prize? It is a vintage liquor bottle. Get out of here. From the Paul Lux Corporation from 1972. It's 50 years old. It's in tremendous condition. Paul Lux Corporation came out with all the NFL teams. You know, would love this. Don Glover would be like, whoa. My dad, I, was, I was just thinking my dad would have loved something like that. Yeah. 1972. That is the second prize. It is a one of a kind hell of a collectible that you could show off to your friends. I'll give you a hundred bucks for that right now. And we'll figure out <laughs> a different prize. All right. Drew, since you unveiled the prize, why don't you tell us who you got for your fantasy team this week? Quarterback, Russell Wilson, Seahawks. Running back, Antonio Gibson, Washington. One wide receiver, DJ Moore, the Panthers. My other wide receiver is Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers. And my tight end is Mr. Dallas Goddard, 
of the Eagles. For me, I'll go and then and then Toons as you can you can wrap this segment up. I'm gonna go with Big Ben Roethlisberger. My running back's gonna be Christian McCaffrey from Carolina. My one wide receiver is gonna be Rondale Moore from Arizona. My other wide receiver is Devontae Smith from Philadelphia. And my tight end is Eric Ebron from Pittsburgh. All right, Ruby, who do you got for your team this week? Ed, you have a good team. <laughs> what? Drew, you have a good team. <laughs> <laughs> this is the winning team. <laughs> That's so Ted Glover. Oh, Russell Wilson. Nick Chubb. Adam Thielen. Mike Evans. Hunter Henry. Damn. All right. So we're going to put the, the three teams up on the board, up on the screen. Take a look at them. Again, let us know who you think is going to win and put either Team Ted, Team Toonses, or Team Guy that cheers for a crappy football team, Drew, down in your comments section below. If you win, you get a point. Most points at the end of the year wins. All right. So Robert W. Farnsworth is over there on the side. His satellite uplink is ready. We'll get him on, the, on camera here, and we'll do a quick intro for our preview segment. Hello again, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, our plucky purple Minnesota Vikings, the most talked about team in America, take the most talked about train in America, the California Zephyr, to San Francisco, the city by the bay, to take on the detestable, despicable, but devastatingly handsome Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, our beloved purple strike gold, I will leave their huts in San Francisco. We'll find out. seconds to go in the game. Niners lead by four. Far back to pass. Pumps to the left. Eight seconds left. He gets away from the pressure. Fires to the end zone. It's hot! It's Greg Lewis! Touchdown! Oh my heavens! Greg Lewis! Minnesota Vikings on a two-game winning streak take on the San Francisco 49ers also on a two-game winning streak. And to say this game has major playoff implications would be an understatement, I think, Drew. This is a big, big game because you got two teams that are heading in the right direction after they were both three and five. Yeah. Now they both put together back-to-back -to -back wins. And this could be, this is almost like a playoff game for the seventh seed. Both these teams have got a good chance for that last playoff spot. They're going to be playing each other. and Nobody wants the tiebreaker. So a huge game, huge game. All right. Well, as you can see, we've got our board here, our tribute to the NFL today, the old school board. Drew, why don't you start us off with quarterback this week? Cousins may not be as devastatingly handsome as Jimmy G. <laughs> Cousins is more accurate. He has a better arm. Dare I say he's better under pressure. He's a better quarterback, I think, than Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G sucks. Sorry. Kirk has really done a lot to dispel the hate talk this season, even though some people were always going to hate him. But his last two weeks have been pretty damn good. And I think Jimmy G is going to suffer with that Vikings defensive line. I really do. So this week, my check mark for quarterback goes to Kirk Cousins, who I haven't picked in three weeks, but I'm picking him today. Yeah, I'm picking Kirk, too. I think Kirk is head and shoulders above Jimmy G. I'm kind of surprised they haven't kind of gone with Trey Lance, but when they were sitting at three and five, I think Lance might have been injured at the time or whatever. But yeah, Kirk, Kirk's the better quarterback. The run game. You know, the 49ers have a heck of a running game, and they've just added this wrinkle in the last couple weeks of Debo Samuel, one of the best wide receivers in the game, is now getting the ball as, as a running back. This last game, he had like 10 carries, almost 80 yards, and, and a touchdown. If you watch the, I think it was a Monday night or Sunday night game a couple weeks ago, the Rams and the, and the 49ers. The 49ers ran the ball about 65 or 70% of the time and the Rams couldn't stop. I'm afraid that is something that could happen this week. I, I'm going to give the running game edge to San Francisco here. Dalvin Cook's good, but San Francisco's running game with that offensive line is tremendous. I was right on the fence with this too, Ted. 
I'm kind of confused on what San Francisco's doing at this point. You know, kudos to them to try something different by putting Debo Samuel in the backfield. But Elijah Mitchell broke his finger, didn't play last week against Jacksonville. Is he coming back? If he comes back and they could continue with Debo Samuel, uh, Trey Sermon, your boy, Trey Sermon, who went to that fighting school from Ohio. Would have ran for 300 against you, but you guys check it down and didn't even play last year. <laughs> we got COVID. 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 But we had a spirited practice on the Saturday that would have taken place. Whatever. Health comes first when you're talking about collegiate athletes, Ted. You, you have to look out for the health. You were scared. We ain't scared. So if Sermon's coming back, is he the guy that's going to run back there? If, if Mitchell's broken finger keeps him out another week, what are they going to do? I'm kind of confused by the whole thing. I'm still going to give it to Minnesota. Dalvin Cook alone gets me the Vikings a checkmark. What do you got for the receiving game, Drew? Aside from George Kittle, the Vikings have the clear advantage with receiving core. I mean, I'll give them the tight end with Kittle. He's one of the best in football, and Lord knows he's had some big games against us. Vikings have the clear advantage there, Ted, I think. The thing that really scares me is Kyle Shanahan with his ability to get the matchup. He's good at formulating those kind of plays. Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they're not scrubs, but with Jimmy G, I don't think he utilizes all their potential downfield, and I think that hurts them. The Vikings' pass-receiving core is in a damn groove right now, Ted. They are the best wide-receiving core in football. They are. Book it down just like you're going to book that Wolverine victory. Book it. Vikings get my check market receiver. Yeah, me too. Like you said, Kittle's a clear advantage. I think Debo Samuel and, and Justin Jefferson probably cancel each other out. That still leaves a, a big advantage for the Vikings with Adam Thielen and, and uh, to some extent, Tyler Conklin. I mean, he's he's become kind of a weapon this year. But, yeah, George Kittle's a clear advantage for San Francisco. I, I like the, the rest of the Vikings receivers overall. Offensive line. 49ers have a really good O-line. They got guys like Trent Williams, Lincoln Tomlinson, Mike McKinley. I'm giving my check mark to them. They're just they're just better. I mean, the Vikings offensive line kind of thought would would be a little bit better with Mason Cole. He got absolutely worked by Kenny Clark against the Packers. I don't know that that Mason Cole is is maybe a long term answer over Bradbury at that point. So we might be back to square one with the interior pressure that Kirk is facing every week. I'm going with the 49ers. I too am going to give my check mark to the San Francisco 49ers for the O line. I mean, when you look at the sacks. The Vikings have 31 sacks and only 14 allowed. San Francisco's allowed 19. But I think McGlinchey's out, Ted. It's a huge loss for them, but he's been out for a few weeks. They still have a tremendous left tackle with Trent Williams, and they have a great Alex Mack at center. They're very experienced. But my checkmark goes to the Niners for the offensive line. What about defensive line? San Francisco's probably one of the more physical groups the Vikings are going to have to face this season. Both defensive lines are missing two key guys, Ted. Hunter and Pierce, they are missing D. Ford and Kinlaw, Reggie Kinlaw. I think Kinlaw and Ford are a bigger loss than losing Hunter and Pierce. I do, for how they run their, their system. But they have Bosa, and they got that Eric Armstead. Those are two guys that could destroy a game. Yeah. Very, very good. But I'm going to surprise everybody. I'm still going to give the check mark to the Vikings. Vikings are number one in sacks. They've done that through using a lot of subs and Depth, guys, I like what the defensive line for the Vikings is bringing week to week. I do. I'm going to give them the check mark. I, I was going to until they just absolutely collapsed against the Packers. I, I think the 49ers have a better offensive line. Nick Bosa, Ohio State alum. Oh, uh, Jesus. Is, is probably the best defensive lineman on the field between the two teams. You know, you talked about the, the losses that the Vikings and the 49ers have suffered in both areas, but the players that still remain for San Francisco are better than the players that still remain for the Vikings. Linebacker, checkmark San Francisco for the linebackers, Ted. They they run the same scheme we do with the two linebackers and three corners. What's that, nickel, I guess? Uh, Fred Warner and Aziz Alshir, Shaka Khan, whatever his name is. Shaka Aziz Alshir. <laughs> that guy's badass. Fred yes. Warner's badass. Those mm -hmm. two guys are badass, and they're mm -hmm. better than our guys badass. They got two really, really good linebackers. They've been hurt by injury over there a lot. But that Rams game, you remember that Rams game two weeks ago, Monday night? Those guys were putting on a clinic how to play they linebacker. Were. They were they running were. people down, receivers, tight ends, uh, running backs on the perimeter. Those guys are badass. Yeah, as I say, the Rams couldn't get anything off to the edge, which worries me because Dalvin Cook makes a lot of money on, you know, getting to the outside. When they hit you, they don't miss. They, they wrap and tackle very well. This is like the one matchup that I think might be 
the biggest mismatch between all these units that we're looking at, other than maybe quarterback. I think Kirk is head and shoulders above Jimmy G. Take those two guys away, and, and this might be the, the one advantage where San Francisco is, is really, really a lot better than the Vikings at. If, if they don't put a hat on those two linebackers to help Dalvin get to the next level, the secondary yeah. level, it's going to be a 20 carries, 52-yard game. That's, yeah. what he's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be tough sledding. All right, secondary, 49ers are one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. You know, we kind of said that about Green Bay going into the game, and Kirk and Jefferson and Thielen just absolutely shredded them. That said, the, the Vikings secondary was putrid, even with Patrick Peterson back. Xavier Woods got burned bad. Uh, oh. Rashad Breland dropped an interception early that might have been a big tension momentum swing. You look at the 49ers, they're a pretty fundamentally sound defense. They shut down the Rams. That's the, the one game I keep going back to that Matthew Stafford really didn't get a lot of clean looks at his his guys. There weren't a lot of open windows to throw at. I just like the 49ers secondary here. Absolutely in agreement with you, Ted. There's no way you can give the Vikings secondary a check mark over the 49ers. Let me throw this tasty, tasty tidbit at you. Something I was doing when I was researching, and this will explain it all. The Vikings have 31 quarterback sacks. That's tied for first in the National Football League with Chicago. But yet they're 21st in pass defense. The 49ers only have 23 sacks of the season, and they're third in pass defense. Now, shouldn't the team that's leading in sacks be the third best pass? De- How can you lead the league in sacks, means you're pressuring the quarterback, and be that bad in pass defense? That's proof that you're not getting it done in your secondary. Yeah. What would happen to this Viking secondary if they weren't getting quarterback pressure? It'd be even worse. We saw what happened Sunday against the Packers in that end of the first half and the entire second half. That's the biggest weak spot of this football team. Yeah. I give my check mark to the 49ers for the secondary. All right. Red zone. Why don't you go ahead and go first? Niners have the number one red zone offense in football, Ted. They do. They score a lot of touchdowns when they get down there. They have a higher red zone ranking for defense also. I got to give my red red zone check mark to the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Pretty much the same thing I was going to say. 49ers get that check for me too. Special teams. I'm going to give it to, to the Vikings. Uh, they've had... 49ers, Robbie Gould was injured. He's back. I'm giving my check mark to the Vikings there. They're just the better special teams overall. I don't know if you agree with me, Ted, but the Vikings special teams is probably the most improved group we've had going back to 2020. I would agree, yeah. Absolutely terrible last year, but now they have less mistakes, less penalties on the special teams. They seem to be tackling better, and their return game is better in both kickoff and punt return. Yeah. My boy Cujo, the Cujo Ice Veins Packer Killer. Check mark to the Vikings with special teams. All right. Coaching. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we just throw our heads back and laugh. But I'll tell you what. Everybody talks about Kyle Shanahan being this genius. I don't know if you looked it up or not, but you know what his, his career head coaching record is, Drew? I do not know. Thir- 34 and 40. In 20, 2019, he went 13 and 3. The year San Francisco went to the Super They didn't win the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl. He's been under 500 the rest of his time as a 49ers head coach. That's almost as overrated as Ohio State. I, I was going to say, it's it's more overrated than than a typical Jim Harbaugh contract. You know what? Kyle Shanahan might be Jim Harbaugh. He doesn't win big games. Put the 49ers in a big bowl for three hours and beat them around. And you got 49er cookies just like you have Michigan cookies. Mike Zimmer has kind of found this new level of aggression. Oh, my God, dude. Because so he funny. wants to save his job. I'm going to give the check to the fighting Mike Zimmer. Are you kidding me? I am. I am not kidding you. I'm giving it to Jeez, Zimmer. Man, that jersey you're wearing is getting to your brain, bro. I didn't know he was 34 and 40. I think he's overrated, Kyle Shanahan. He is more aggressive, and I think he game plans better. I seriously think Zimmer just has the same game plan every week and goes with it. I'm still going to give it to Shanahan over Zimmer. Drew, it's time for my favorite subject, intangibles. What do you got for intangibles, Ted? I got a couple of tasty tidbits for you, Mr. Mr. Drew Bunting. Do you know what the 49ers' home record is? One in four. They are one in four. You know what their takeaway plus minus is? Plus six. They are minus five. Are they really? You know what the Vikings' takeaway ratio is? Plus seven. They are plus six. Plus six, like I just said. Plus six. (laughs) I'm going to give the intangibles to the Vikings here. I think those are going to be big factors, and I will reveal how that's going to play into the purple Kool-Aid segment momentarily. You know what really worries me, intangible-wise, Ted? What's that? Shanahan may be overrated, but that guy knows 
everything about Kirk Cousins. He knew Kirk Cousins in Washington. I think Kirk's a different guy now than he was in Washington. But are his fundamentals that much different? Fundamentals, no. No. He's a good play-action quarterback. He was a good play-action quarterback for Washington. Okay. He's never been mobile. He's thrown into coverage. I mean, his flaws are still the same, aren't they? Probably. Yeah, probably. They get my intangibles, San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins as much as Michigan likes to play directional Michigan schools to get quick, easy victories. Okay. Youngstown <laughs> State. Oh, wait. You played Akron, too. Woo! Akron! Can you lift up a bigger cupcake than frickin' Akron? <laughs> And you get all the cupcakes in the Big Ten. You played Illinois. Three, you played Illinois three weeks in a row. <laughs> How many times are you gonna play Illinois, dude? You're just you're just bent yes. because you lost to Sparty and, and Ohio State beat them by like six touchdowns with their third string. That game was bought and paid. <laughs> all right, it is time for Jumo. Just one old man's opinion, Drewster. What do you got? Huge game out by the bay. By the bay. That was by Steve Perry. That was a bad Steve Perry. That was terrible. Is as bad as the Michigan quarterback plays. Hey, we don't have Shea Patterson. We got Cade McNamara. Be ready for him. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's got eleven touchdowns. <laughs> Woo! CJ Stroud had that in a half against Michigan State, brother. We're gonna need some turnovers, but I think we're gonna pull it out. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I think both teams a month ago or three weeks ago were three and five, like we said. Yeah. Both teams are coming off some pretty good wins. I think the Vikings are a little bit better wins with Chargers and the Packers. But the Niners, their last two wins, that Rams win was dominating. And then Jacksonville, 30 to 10. It was Jacksonville, but they still dominated that. They've dominated the last two weeks, so they're figuring it out. This is a huge, huge game for both these teams. Like I said, it could come down to the tiebreaker game for the playoffs. The Niners aren't really that good at home. Can the Vikings keep this good play sustainable, Ted? That's a question we've been talking about for three weeks. I think Shanahan might have the, the coaching, might have Zimmer out coached with his game planning, his offensive mind, his brain, his head. He's a much better offensive game planner than Mike Zimmer. I don't think Mike Zimmer even knows what he's doing in terms of that. But I am 50-50 with this game. When you're 50-50 on a game, you look at who has the better playmakers, Ted. The Vikings have the better playmakers. And I am going to ride my Michigan hat on that. But this, mark my words, we can play this back when we have our Rewind Live show next Sunday. This might be another overtime game. I think there's a very good, very, very good percentage chance that it's going to be our fourth overtime game. It'll be close. Either way, this game is coming down to the wire. That's my humo for the week. I'm picking the Vikings to find a super win. Ladies and gentlemen, there he is. Pull up a chair. You're all my people now. It's time to get with the right Reverend Jones. You know, I said in the intangibles thing, the 49ers are one and four at home. They're minus five on takeaways. Vikings are plus six. I agree with you. It's going to be a very close game. I think this game is going to come down to turnovers. I think the Vikings are going to force Jimmy Garoppolo to make a couple bad throws or fumble the ball or, or something, and the Vikings are going to Take advantage of those turnovers, and let's see. What do we got? No cyanide? Likes win. Yeah! <laughs> We're not usually in agreement. One of us is usually picking the other team. but And I've, I've been wrong most of the year, so I, I don't know how, how you should feel about that. Pick the Niners then, dude. <laughs> and we will be we will be with you live right after the Vikings game with Vikings Report Rewind with our buddy Christopher Gates. For all of you that might be watching the game Saturday, you know, it's a big game coming up Saturday. We did a little extra preview for those of you who might be betting on the game we this week. So, Ted, let's quickly go through our preview of the Michigan-Ohio State battle. Toots, if you would put that board back up, please. We're going to do the same rundown for the the Ohio State Michigan game that we just did for the Vikings 49ers game. Drew, you wanna you wanna start this one off? Sure, sure. Quarterback. I got Michigan. What about running game? Michigan. For me, for quarterback, Ohio State. Running game, Ohio State. Okay. For the receiving game, <laughs> Michigan. Ohio State. You got three first round NFL guys. How about offensive line? Uh I'm going Ohio State. I'm going Michigan. 
Slight edge. Defensive line? Michigan. I'm going to give the edge there to Ohio State. Okay. What about linebackers? Oh, Michigan. Oh, no, definitely Ohio State there. Secondary? Wolverines, I think, Ted. No, I'm going to give that one to the Buckeyes. How about special teams? I'm going to go uh, Ohio State there. What about you? I got Michigan. What about red zone? Weird. I got Michigan again. Let me check my notes. A big edge to Ohio State there. Coaching. You can't even. You cannot even honestly pick Michigan here. Michigan. Wow. Okay. Go. Go Bucks. Ohio State. Uh, intangibles. Michigan. Oh wow. I got all Michigan. I'm giving that one to Michigan. Oh no. Just kidding. I'm giving that one to Ohio State as well. <laughs> there we go. There's our preview. <laughs> That's well done. So that was you, good. It was a fair assessment on both our parts. So what we'll do is we'll take a <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with trivia and wrap the show up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who wants to clean and debone them? I'll do it. What gives? You want to do it? Just wait till you see what I've got. It's the Wonder Boner. <laughs> A Wonder Boner. Oh, you laugh now. Just watch. You just assemble the Wonder Boner stainless steel rods like this. Take the fish, find the top of the spine, sliding through the ring on the Wonder Boner, and voila! The Wonder Boner. My wife would like that. Introducing the Wonder Boner, the amazing new fishing tool that makes deboning fish a breeze. Been on a lot of blind dates? Um, well, this would make one. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. me too. <sighs> what do you do? I'm a vet. I love animals. Really? Yeah. Where are you from? Michigan. Born and raised. Go blue. Welcome to Tunes' Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Tunes. How are you? I'm good. All right, today's categories are Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Blank. I played for both teams. The third one is You Are Dead to Me. <laughs> so they're not actually dead. They're just dead to you. They're dead to me. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, born in 1991, Jimmy G or Jimmy Graham? 91 would be 40, right? 01, 11, no, 21, that's 30. I think Jimmy Graham's older than that. How you leaning, Ted? I really have no guess on this. I think Jimmy Graham's older. Go Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was born in 86. Which is weird, because I'm usually good with Grahams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Born and raised in Brazil, Illinois, Jimmy G or Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> I, I believe that's Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. You are correct, but Jimmy G wasn't born too far away in Arlington Heights, Illinois. June says you're a wealth of information. Thank you. All right, is this one of Jimmy G's girlfriends or one of Jimmy Smith's girlfriends? I'm going to go with Jimmy Smith's. Okay, Jimmy Smith's. That is actually one of Jimmy G's girlfriends. This is Jimmy Smith's wife or girlfriend or whatever, who actually looks like an older version of the other girl. Yeah. She does. She does. She really does. Stand six foot two, Jimmy G or Jimmy Kimmel? I think Jimmy G. He's not a really tall quarterback. All right, we'll go with Jimmy G. Good job. Jimmy Kimmel is six one. Job, Ted Glover. All right, last one in this category. You guys are doing pretty good. Has a Bachelor's of Arts in Communications. Jimmy G or Jimmy Fallon? I'm going to say Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. I'll go along with Archie Griffin. Good job. 
All right. I'm going to give you the position of the player, the school they went to, and the year they were drafted. And you have to guess who it is. They played for both teams, Vikings and Niners. Running back, Georgia Southern, 2014. Uh, that's Jarek McKinnon, I believe. That is correct. Good job. Good job, Ted. I interviewed him in training camp his rookie year. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's really cool. Really good dude. Jarek the Jet. All right. Wide receiver, Marshall, 98. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah. Even has duh written on there very well. Guard. Harvard 2015 undrafted. Brandon Fusco? No, he went to Slippery Rock. You're right, he did. And he actually started a couple games for the Vikings, didn't he? Yes. I can't. Uh... Oh. Austin Shepard. I don't know. Nick Easton. That's it. All right. D.E. University of Washington 1990. Chris Dolman went to Pitt, right? Yes. Derek Alexander, maybe? I don't know. That's what I was thinking, too, but he went to Florida State. Martin Harrison. I would have never gotten that one. George's brother, Ted. <laughs> Marvin's brother. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Halfback, University of Washington, 1951. Hugh McElhenney. Yes. Wow, good job. Yes. Ted, you get all the 500 for that, buddy. <laughs> How many did we get? We got three in the first category? I think we got three in the second one, too. So we're good for six. We have to get 80% right. I'm going to predict that you guys get 100% of these. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. You are dead to me. <laughs> I am dead to Toonses because I scored less than five points last week in the VR Fantasy Football <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> Jack Prescott. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> All right. Kunsis has been calling for your resignation since 2018. Mike, Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> it's <Good stereo>. <laughs> All right. Number three. You victimized Tunsis for three years with your failed impression of Fred Cox. Blair Walsh? <laughs> <laughs> no. Claire Walsh was more than three years, wasn't he? Who, what's that one kicker we had? Uh, Dan Bailey? Dan Bailey <laughs> is correct. All right. Vincent has simply had enough of this wide receiver, and thankfully he is inactive this year. That Fabergé egg. Yeah. BB. Chad BB. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> All right, last one. You are dead to me. Toonses hate you because you are stupid and you look like too many fictional characters. Aaron Rodgers. That is correct. Oh! <laughs> I got it! I got it! Thank you guys for playing. We'll see you next week. The trivia just keeps getting better every week, Ted. Almost as good as the Aaron Rodgers is stupid category, but not quite. That was good. All right. Uh, that'll put a bow on this episode. Thanks for tuning in. For those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, go ahead and if you like the show, please like it, subscribe to our channel. We keep growing. We're over 5,300 subscribers now. Yeah. Can't tell you how, how thankful we are for all that. Thank you to Tunes for the production and the, and the trivia. Thanks to your daughter Liz for the production. Drew, thanks for being a, a great partner on this, on this show, even though you're choice of college football team flat out sucks uh, <laughs> thanks to the the great gene washington gene I, I hope you see this and you get well soon we will try to do better the next time you take us home gene washington hope you're feeling okay really had a great time looking at all the footage and you know doing some research and even more looking at what a great player you were everybody get on the michigan wagon for saturday for smart Thanks for tuning in. Episode 43, we're putting a big bow on it. Ted Glover, say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Go Bucks. Go Blue!